0: KYW News Radio Original Podcasts.
1: This is KYW News Radio in Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. Kristen Johansson is here too. Hey KJ. Hi, Carol. So you have some pretty horrific stories that you want to share with us today, but but these are important stories to tell.
2: Especially for parents, yeah. And this idea for this podcast kind of sparked because of a recent federal indictment of a Springside teacher, which is a school located in Philadelphia in Chestnut Hill. This teacher allegedly paid a teenage boy to video a lewd act of himself, and then send it to the teacher. They say that the teacher used a cash app, which is like a Venmo, to send this boy then a payment or a version of a payment. I guess it was maybe a gift card. The boy then uploaded the video to Dropbox, and it was Dropbox who notified authorities. His parents apparently never, guardians never knew anything about it, And so there was a second indictment that came down. And the feds say that the teacher had allegedly kept social media accounts of his own students and then shared them with a man in New York. And then together, they actually say that they posed as a teenage girl on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. So basically catfished this one boy. And they were able to uh, lure that boy into their world and get him to send them a sexual video.
1: I mean, as a parent, that's horrifying to know that this can all go on in secret and you really have no way of knowing. You know, these things can be deleted. I would never know to look in Dropbox or or the Cash App to to see if my kid is getting money. I mean, it's crazy.
2: And I think sometimes for these kids, they don't think about, obviously, the consequences. They think about, oh, it's like a quick way to make a buck. There's no thought process in how exploitive it is, how they're being abused. That's not in their brains. And what parent would think to tell their kid not to do that? I I didn't even know this stuff was happening.
1: No, I mean that's true. I think kids a lot of times, you know, they're kids, they don't have a full understanding of one, why something's wrong and then two, that it's criminal or that they're being exploited. They just have that immediate gratification. You get money, you get to buy the sneakers or the phone or the whatever it is that you want to buy.
2: And then there were these two police officers who run basically the human trafficking, the child sex trafficking unit at the Philadelphia Police Department that say that this is really prevalent. And so I spoke to them, their names are uh, Detective Kate Gordon and then Officer Stephanie Rosenbaum.
0: So when we started, the human trafficking side of special victims. And that was in 2016 here, I believe. It might be 2015. I feel like time's escaping. We actually started for through a grant and we had four investigators. So we had two police officers and two detectives. Now through some personnel changes and just how we're running on people that are needed for spots, it's just down to the two of us. So we have one officer and one detective. But, you know, we came, we came on the police academy in 1998 together. So.
2: <laughs> We've
0: both been around and doing this kind of work for a period of time.
2: These two women are both mothers. As a mom
0: with multiple girls, it's just, it's hard. It's very hard for parents right now, but it's even harder for kids to navigate stories. We have, we have them from all over.
2: These kids just have such access to be able to go and take an Uber or to to meet somebody or send something through a Venmo or a Cash App and have their parents never know a thing about it. Not a thing about it.
0: We have eight-year-old who was an older friend, kid, or one of the kids from a bus, downloaded an app that she had been using on this eight-year-old's phone and had video chatted with this guy. And then it, because it was on the eight-year-old's phone, he continued the conversation with an eight-year-old and got her to take photos and say, you know, do video with him because she's eight she knew it was inappropriate but because she was introduced to it through someone else of her kind of age group and he was masturbating with her like on video so she knew it was weird but it's like any other sex assault victim where kids like they know it's not necessarily right but they don't necessarily understand the wrong either As adults were more suspect of people where kids are not necessarily as suspicious of people that adults are. So, whether it's you think of an adult in the dating world or somewhere else, like we just don't trust people as much. But kids are just essentially more trusting to begin with. And the pandemic has put us in a whole nother level of inclusion for not like there's no kids aren't being interactive as they were with school teachers and other family members are kind of closed in. And so that kind of opened that online world so much more for them.
2: There was one story semi recently that we had heard little drips and drops about where there was a teenager who had met somebody online and literally got into a car to go and meet him because this guy had put such a wedge between her and her family that it was, you're gonna come now and live with me. And there was, I think one, we're gonna call it racy photo, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't naked body parts or anything, but it was a racy photo. And that's how he used to manipulate her. That's what he used. And so she met him and then he was like, she was gone for a few days and parents are completely panicked. And eventually she was reunited and she was okay. But this stuff is happening under our noses every day. I mean, the numbers that these two came up with, it's like hundreds of kids sometimes just in this city.
3: And it's so it's really hard for parents these days, especially like the kids just don't know there are boundaries anymore. And you can try as a parent to set these boundaries. But these are teenagers and young kids. They're going to try to cross those boundaries. And they're curious. And they're going to make bad decisions. That's just a normal part of growing up. We just didn't have these mistakes to make when we were younger because we didn't have these devices. We didn't have the whole world at our fingertips to access. Uber. And then when somebody says, oh, well, this site is shut down for you. Well, at our age, we would be like, oh, I can't get on that. I can't do that. Well, now they're like, yes, you can. Here, do this. Just back tap this and put this code in and here you go. Back door right into the website. So the boundaries are so difficult. And if you take a kid's phone... Lord, it is the end of the world. You're going to deal with a fight. We come from an era our parents said, you know, they took something from us. They took it from us. And that was it.
0: A lot of parents they're, are afraid of their they're kids. They're afraid.
3: They're afraid. Because their kids have so many more resources than we did. You know, kids are, are really slick now. They'll say, well, I'm leaving. Fine. You don't give me my phone back. I'm leaving. I'm running away. So would you rather give the phone back or would you ha- rather have your kid run in the streets right. all hours of the night? Right. Now, like... She just said, now a kid can call Uber. They can link their account to someone else's account so the parent can even go on and see where the kid went. And you just have a car pulling up to your house and your kid's running out the door at one o'clock in the morning. Off they go.
2: This is what they say, like, you need to be the one to take the authority to take their phone. Nope, we're doing a random check of your phone. You may do a random check of like a room and we're going to go through your phone. I want to know everybody that you're talking to. Show me every single one, I need passwords to every single social media account that you have. I'm looking at it all.
3: Um, With kids today, it seems like having more followers is really popular. So they don't really care who they're friending online. It's just a matter of my numbers are just as high as their friends so that's where you come into the situation where you have kids having so many followers that are complete strangers that live in other states and in other countries and they enjoy talking about things that they like to do whether it's hair and makeup or the games that they play they get into these chat conversations and they play games together and that's just where it all starts So if it's a game, they'll start jumping into their game section, you know, even like Roblox and stuff like that. They'll play games together, they'll get into their groups, and then they'll start chatting off to the side. And typically, you know, these people that are complete strangers might identify themselves as being a 13-year-old girl, and they're really a 60-year-old man. But they play the games just as well as the kids. They talk like the kids, they, they type like the kids, so they don't ever expect that it's somebody that could be older or have bad intentions. And then they just become friends. And it's essentially what we call grooming techniques begin to start. They start asking personal questions. They start asking where they go to school. They start talking about personal experiences, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. You know and oh i had a girlfriend i'm upset you know we broke up and then did you that ever happen to you and they develop this like level of trust that builds over time like oh i'll tell you something about me if you tell me something about you and sometimes these conversations can go on for months and months even up to like a year you know and then they transition to well do you have uh, a texting app uh, okay we'll download it and then we can start texting each other during the day and then the friendship goes to a new level where it's telephone and then it's conversation then it's verbal conversation and it happens over a period of time and these kids think like this person's my best friend. They're predators so
0: as a predator who's trying to get get contact with a child they're hunting and they're gonna hunt where they know kids are so They know that kids are on games. They know that kids are on the depression sites. They know that they're on Snapchat. They know they're on Instagram. They know that they use certain apps and texting and video stuff. And they present themselves to be in a position where they mimic that child's things that they like, their interests, their hobbies, if they're into anime, if they're into shoes, if they're into eyelashes, if they're into nails. Like predators will pay more attention to your child than the person you had that child with. As a parent, I think listening and giving that kid room to talk, if you just get quiet with a teenager and just be
3: present next to them and let them start, they'll tell you more than you want to know. The best thing that you can do as a parent is if it's an if it's an iPhone or even an Android link your Google account to theirs link your iCloud to theirs you know make it so they can't download an application without your permission you have to check that it's okay if there's an app and your your child is saying to you it's just a game go on YouTube and look up the game look up the application there's millions of videos on you know for everything on there and it'll tell you does it have a Call feature? Does it have a chat feature? Can you turn those off? So every application's different. It's just a matter of, you know, you have to understand that people that have bad intentions on the internet and are targeting children to exploit, they're very manipulative. So as where it's easy for us to sit back and say, I would never take a picture of myself and send it to a complete stranger these people are really experts at their craft. They know exactly what to say to kids. They know what they're doing. And it happens over a a long period of time. And like I said, it's a trust building, it's a friendship, and they talk them into doing it. And they think, well, no one's gonna find out, I trust this person, they're my best friend, I'll just send one. And then the next thing you know, we run into situations where it becomes like an extortion. You know, then they'll say, okay, well, I have a picture of you, so you better send me more, and they better be without clothes this time, or I'm going to send those pictures that you sent me to your entire family and all your friends, and I'm going to tell them what you did. So now the children become scared. So we've had adults who have built relationships with kids
0: and driven from other states and picked kids up here. We've had kids that are running away from home and go to a friend's house, but that friend really isn't a friend and sends them to someone else, and that has turned into a trafficking event. We've had so many different kinds of cases, and we've had them all across the city from all kinds of families. I think the best advice we can give doing this kind of work is to really have that support system for your kid and have it be all kinds of different People that you are comfortable with, whether it's family members, friends, another school person or work person that you have a relationship that your kid respects and thinks, you know, that you are comfortable with. Have them have that kind of time together to discuss those things. I think especially with women, girls should get together. Do that. Have those conversations with your girls. But parents are struggling so much right now to be able to do all the things Then you bring kids into it that they're just overwhelmed. And then you just have so many overwhelmed issues that are center right now. I
3: just, I think it's so hard for everyone. I would say it's easier for parents probably between like six and 12 to just, you know, have a role. Like you can't play that game and chat on the game unless you're in the living room. None of this up in the bedroom with the door shut. If they're playing with a predator a predator is gonna be able to see they're in their living room they're not in a bedroom secluded and away from other adults that might overhear something or see them do something that's inappropriate and pull them off the game you know I think it's important that you set those rules with very young children that they're only on these devices and on these games that have chat features in the presence of an adult. I think people have this general idea of, my kid wouldn't fall for that. I've had conversations with my son or daughter about these things. They know. They know better. And people also have this idea of, you know, well, this this only happens to kids that are in really terrible home situations. They might not have parents or they're in foster care or, you know, they're really desperate for attention and my kids not in that situation so this this will never happen to me it would amaze you to know that these are normal families you know that come into this office and they say I don't understand I've had these conversations with my child a million times I check their phone I have parental locks on it I don't understand how this happened there's ways Kids are very resourceful these days. They can go online and figure out how to bypass parental restrictions. You know, the school laptops that these kids have, they, you know, they think that they're foolproof and you can't get onto certain websites. These kids know a workaround. So if you think like, okay, well, my kid acted inappropriate, I'm going to take their stuff from them. All they have to do is go to their friend and say, do you have an old cell phone laying around I can borrow? Because all you need is Wi-Fi and any device can pretty much access the internet these days. We've had a situation where a teenager not even have a cell phone and the mother's like I don't understand she does not even have a phone. She had a smart TV in her bedroom.
0: I think it's really okay to say no as a parent and to be the bad guy. It's your house, it's your kid, it's your money and time that you've invested into this child and it's okay to say no perfectly fine you know take control over those phone take control set limitations set expectations and it's okay to be the bad guy when you're the one raising feeding providing and caring for a child and they need to remember that because if you're the bad guy and that's just it saying these actions aren't acceptable that behavior is not acceptable the real bad guy or girl because we have offenders that are males and females you know it can be anything we have victims Boys and girls, we have victims of all kinds of walks of life. I think it's okay to say no as a parent, especially with the kids now.
2: We try and cover this so much as a medium, like all of us as journalists, but it's so hard also to cover because, you know, you have the privacy of the victims. And their stories but obviously because they're juveniles there's another element of privacy so we don't really hear about how much this actually happens because somebody goes missing right and their name's out there and their and their age or whatever is out there and then it's kind of like oh they were found or oh no they're still missing and then let's say they are found or something happens it's like they can't really say what happened. They can't say if it was human trafficking. If I mean, that's rape, right? So they can't say all that stuff to us. They're just kind of like, okay, they're found. And then everybody kind of moves on to the next missing girl or missing boy. And we can't really tell the full story about how prevalent this really is.
1: Right. And it's underreported. I mean, like getting the details on these things is, we either can for the reasons you just stated, and then there are a lot of these crimes that just go underreported because of the very nature of them. It's just become so pervasive, I think, because we see it in social media that these kids think, well, it's not a big deal that I can pose in little tiny little cutoff denim shorts with a teeny little bikini top and I pose suggestively and then I get 500 followers. And I mean, I've had this conversation with my daughter, a friend of her, I said, does her mother not know what she's posting? And she has over like 600 followers. I said, you do understand that she does not know 580 of them.
2: I can't imagine having a teenage daughter, let alone being a teenager in this day. Like I just, it was so hard when I went through it. And I think for you probably too. So to see what kids are going through now, I really feel for them. And I think they need people to talk to. And I think that's also why this becomes a thing, you know, where they're talking to strangers because those strangers are listening. You know, I'm not a parent, but I do think that kids need to have a trusted adult, whether it's somebody kind of within the family, like a family friend that they, that they know they can go to, to say like, I'm mad at my mom about this or mad at my dad about this or whatever. And that person will run to, who, to you, you know, and get them in trouble. And like, I had a situation where I was like a sophomore or something. And my dad was like, okay, if you ever call me and you're at a party and you were drinking, I will not be mad at you the first time. Like you call me if you're in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I did it. I called him and I was not in trouble. I don't know how I wasn't in trouble, but I, that happened. And I was not in trouble for like calling him to pick me up from party where everyone was drinking and the cops came and busted it. From then on, it's like, I had that trust in my dad and my mom that I wasn't going to get in trouble because I told them the truth because really what it mattered was my safety. Not that I went to a party like every other high schooler, you know, and there was drinking or something involved. That's a thing where my parents had their pulse on me. Like, where are you? When are you coming home? Who are you with? They knew everything. And the social media aspect of it, the gaming aspect of that parents need to be as involved. Like if you don't, it's like, If you know these kids that you're, you're, I'm not, again, I'm not a parent, so I'm not trying to say that, but this is what the officers are, have told me is like, if you think, you know, all of your kids' friends, not only do you need to know the living ones that are walking around, but you need to know the digital ones. Who are they talking to?
1: Keeping track of that and managing that is really tough. And then there's always the privacy issue that pushback, like, I want some privacy. I, you know, get on my stuff. Like I just, and it's not necessarily that they're doing anything wrong. It's just that most people, you don't want somebody going through your stuff, but you have to establish that I'm the parent, you're the kid, I'm going through your room is what it is. And they can get mad or whatever, but it's, it's not easy. I don't know any teenagers like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, go through my room, go through my drawers. Here's my phone. Here's my computer, have at it. Like, no, right.
2: My mom told me later in life that she read my diary. I was like, what? And she's like, "Mm -hmm." she would look through it. She's like, I didn't read it in detail. I didn't put anything crazy in there, but like she didn't read it in detail, but she did look through it. Just she paged through it to just make sure there was nothing like that. I was writing in there. That was crazy. I appreciate that she did that now because when you're a kid also, I think you don't realize what you said in the beginning. Like you don't realize what, what can harm you. You yeah. just don't you don't see the evils of the world because we're in the news media, but also because we what we've experienced.
1: I just had a teacher, I was having a conversation with a teacher just in general about kids, and she said, We were talking about consequences and, and really not being able to understand or have a view of the future. She said, They live today, they are here today in the moment, and that's the only thing that matters to them. And sometimes being able then to understand consequences to your behavior later, I mean, not that they don't know there might be, but being able to fully understand that, or at least even you might know it, but to have them respond to that appropriately in the moment by saying, Ooh, probably shouldn't do this because, you know, a a day or, you know, my mom finds out I'm going to really get in trouble, get grounded. Like they don't,
3: they don't
1: think like that. And a lot of times they are like, no one's going to know. So KJ, we talked about a lot of really disturbing stuff here. And we've talked a lot about how hard it is as a parent to keep track of this stuff, to see what your kids are doing, to have these conversations with them. Are there resources, are there places parents can go to find out kind of I get concrete answers as to what they can do here?
2: Yeah, I mean, the federal government, the Justice Department has put out um, one specific resource kind of around the time the pandemic started because kids were so isolated inside and you know, they were needing to reach out. And so that's, of course, when predators, they say, pounced. So we actually are going to link a couple different resources for parents to go through and look. And if you don't know what Snapchat is, you don't know really what some of these other social media sites are, how you can navigate that, what those things are. Um, So we're going to put that on our website, KYWnewsradio.com.
1: I feel like there's a new one every day. All right. Thanks, KJ. Tough conversation to have, but it's an important one.
2: Yeah, it is. Thank you, Carol.